Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel and click that notification bell. And as some people know, we do have a Streamlabs link in our description below if you'd like to support the channel. Any donation will allow you to ask us a question that we will answer at the end of the next episode. If you donate $100 or more, we will dedicate the episode to you. And today we're going to talk about Microsoft's Xbox Series X showcase. And joining me is my co-host, MVG. What's up, Nate? Great to be here. And uh, it was a pleasure having you on the live stream as we were watching it together. Yes, that was a fun event to live stream. And I believe you have the archive of our reactions up on your channel. So yes. I hope everyone does tune in to watch that on MVG's channel. And also joining us today is Mr. 1 Million Gamer Score, Rand Althor. Hey, thanks for having me back on. Sorry I had to drop out of the prediction show halfway. I'm sure people were wondering why I wasn't talking anymore, but I'm back. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the Xbox show. Uh, yes. I'm interested in seeing what you guys thought about it yet because uh, I haven't watched your guys' reactions. I need to go check that out. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's jump right into it. I, let's start with everything else shown aside from Halo and Fable because those are kind of the big, you know, those are the big tent poles of the event. So let's talk about the show Overall, we saw games from Rare like Everwild. We saw Remedy come with Crossfire X. Before we saw Forza Motorsport. We saw Grounded from Obsidian. We got a Hellblade 2 update. We got an Ori 2 update where it's going to be 120 frames a second on Xbox Series X. We saw Psychonauts 2, Stalker 2, State of the K3. Tell me why Tetris Effect connected and The Outer Worlds got a new DLC pack. So, you know, let's start with Everwild from Rare. What did you guys think of that game? Um, I guess I'll go first. I honestly thought that trailer was one of the most gorgeous video game trailers I've ever seen. Um, I was enthralled watching it, but in the back of my mind, I kept thinking to myself, is this CG or is this in-game? And then I thought to myself, wait a minute, what is e what even is this game? Because that's the whole thing <laughs> with me with Everwild is it looks incredible. It looks heavily stylized like only Rare can do. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the game is yet, and... Not only that, I don't know when the game's coming out because I'm pretty sure it didn't give a release date. So I'm not sure if that's something we can expect in 2021 or if it's a game that's a little bit further away that needs a little bit more time 2022. But for right now, the game is immediately on my radar. I want to learn more about it, but it's gonna come, It's eventually going to come down to what is the gameplay loop. Originally, I was kind of excited about Sea of Thieves, and then I got to play it, and there wasn't much there you know, right away in 2018. Now, if you play it now, there's a lot of content. People love it. So I'm just kind of interested to see, is are they going for more Sea of Thieves approach where it's community-based, community-driven feedback, where it's kind of maybe, I'm not going to say barren, but I'm not even want to say bare bones, but you, you know what I mean? Where it like grows over a period <laughs> of time and becomes something else. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it definitely has my attention. It's such a gorgeous looking game. Likewise, I I enjoyed Everwild. I uh, I think yeah. I mean, I agree with Rand. We don't really know what it's all about, but it's a beautiful looking game. I'm I'm really glad they showed us more of Everwild after we saw you know a tease of it last year. And yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have this game on on the radar for something that I I would like to play. Very very beautiful aesthetically and a little disappointing that they they didn't you know lock in a date for us but i guess it's probably 2022 i mean if we're being realistic maybe maybe you know towards the end of 2021 but it, obviously there's a little little ways to go before that game is done yeah that's kind of my takeaway from everwild it visually looks amazing 
it showed a lot of promise and visual design and direction. And my problem really was is we still don't really know what the game's about, what the gameplay loop is going to be. We don't know when it's coming out. And I guess we could say we don't know what's coming out kind of goes with a lot of the games Microsoft showed today. A lot of the games remain undated. They slapped holiday 2020 on Halo Infinite. And then I think was it Psychonauts 2 also had 2021 attached to it. That was a little surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that for, for me, I felt like that was a 2020 launch game all day long. So for that game to get pushed a little bit to 2021, well, I'm assuming it got pushed, right? I'm not, I'm not, because we don't know, but we heard, you know, that it was going to come out this year. So, um, you know, that one was a little surprising that it, 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 it was a 2021 date. Yeah, based on like, especially what they showed there with Tim Schafer and Jack Black, I thought they were going to come out and announce that it was at least going to be a 2020 holiday game. Not necessarily launch a day, but definitely before the end of the holiday season, because it seems like that perfect Game Pass release where after you're done playing Halo Infinite, you would just pick up that quirky type of 3D platforming game that Psychonauts 2 is just to enjoy and leisure. And I was a bit surprised to see that it is a 2021 game, because right now all we really know for... I guess you'd say launch window, at least based on this showing, is Halo Infinite and the medium. And then we know Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be, or, you know, launch day. Tetris Tetris Effect is also a part of the launch plans. There was also a few of those ID at Xbox games at the pre-show that I believe are (laughs) day one. Like Tunic, I believe, was announced for day one with Series X. Yes. um, And a couple others. Uh, But the the thing about Psychonauts 2... Uh, was I, I think it was delayed because Tim Schafer Tim Tim Schaefer has been on record recently saying that uh, they had they re-added a bunch of cut sequences and boss fights right. that they weren't going to be able to put in the game because they was kickstarted or crowdfunded. But when they came underneath the umbrella of Microsoft, they basically got the money and time to put in what they wanted. So I kind of look at it as like, well, they probably needed extra time to flesh out everything that they originally cut to be able to get it out the door and i look at it, it's like maybe they also don't want to put it out the same day as halo because i would imagine <laughs> most people are going to gravitate to halo a lot of people are going to gravi- gravitate to cyberpunk and assassin's creed Valhalla and the big third parties and a game like psychonauts what good being there maybe just needs a time a little bit to itself maybe february of 2021 or march where it's kind of by itself and you can kind of play it in game pass or whatever but it yeah. did look cool I like i like jack black singing the song the trailer was interesting um <laughs> I'm 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 very curious to see what Double Fine can do without the threat of you know getting their studio shut down. You know, yeah, it would definitely allow them to be a little more experimental in game design because it seems like Microsoft is very hands off. It's you guys control the vision of your product. Do what you want. We're just here to assist you. So Double Fine, without those shackles, they can do a lot of really creative things. And another studio under Microsoft's umbrella that's doing a lot of creative things is Obsidian. Because we saw them in a big way at the show. I mean, the Outer Worlds, new DLC. Then we saw Grounded, which is coming to Xbox One, I believe, next week. But then they wowed people with their new RPG, which has been, I would say, aptly dubbed Skyrim 2 yeah. with Avowed. And we don't have a release date. We only had a brief teaser trailer. But that looks amazing. Yeah, I, dude, I, I thought I thought it looked 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 really cool. Very much a surprise of the show that this was a, a brand new game. I mean, we knew Obsidian had a brand new IP up there up their sleeve, 
but essentially this is i guess this is their take on oblivion or uh, elder scrolls or um you know skyrim and i, I like what i saw I, I definitely want to see more of this and hopefully you know over the the next uh 12 months we'll, we'll get get to see more of this game but yeah i dude i mean this this could be a big <laughs> game for uh for the xbox yeah I think if you if you kind of remove Halo, the star of the show was Obsidian themselves, right? Because they showed yeah. up with three games. Granted, Outer Worlds is DLC, but a lot of people like that game. Grounded, well, I'm not really interested in it. I got to hand it to uh, hand it to Obsidian. They cut an amazing trailer. It was so funny, you know, basically saying, "Hey, if you you want to play the biggest game of the year, uh, play Cyberpunk, not our game." Right. It, it had that humor that you were like, they weren't really taking it seriously. Right. And they're, it's like, oh, from the makers of the, of a game, you wouldn't expect this game or whatever. Right. And then they showed us like, Hey, this is what we're working on. It's, it's a big triple a production. It's Skyrim smartly. In my opinion, they did not tie it to the pillars universe, even though it is set in the pillars universe. Mm, yeah. Right. So it's yes. the names of, cause I don't think people, I know people, there are a group of people out there that really like Pillars, but for the majority, I don't think many people know or care about Pillars. So I thought it was smart to not tie it, at least the name, to any way to that and kind of just make it a Skyrim game. But yeah, but but then it comes all around to the, the problem of the show itself was no gameplay and no release date. So right. while I'm excited about everything Xbox is doing, I'm just kind of sitting here being like, when can I play Avowed? Which is a great thing because before it was, and I hope Xbox has games. Yeah. Now it's like, all right, Xbox has got games, but when can I play them? Yeah, yeah, and you're right. That was the tone of the show for Microsoft. It was, we are showing you a lot of games. We're not dating. We're not even giving you a time frame about them. Some games, we're not even really showing you what the games are actually about. It was just really empty reveals, for lack of a better term. And that's what you know. Kind of the show was like one of my biggest disappointments, and I felt like it was a marketing misstep, was when we had Ninja Theory come to stage, and they started talking about Hellblade Two. And in the background, it was the same footage we saw from the Game Awards back in December 2019. And it was kind of like, I'm happy to hear an update about the game. It sounds like you're doing a great job, but 30 seconds of new gameplay footage for that game would have gone a long way in helping this show's you know, overall tone and message feel, or even if they had shown a pre-trailer of Project Mara, mm. the other title that they have for Xbox Series X that we've only seen on Twitter, and it was just a random drop. It had no marketing or any buildup. Had they, you know, handled that a little better, it definitely would have helped the show. And I think fans and internet, you know, critics would have walked away feeling a little more confident in what Microsoft was doing. It just seemed like... I I don't know how to really put it is they just they wanted to show us games but they didn't want to commit to dates and a lot of and gameplay with certain titles here. See and I, I sorry I didn't I didn't mean to cut you off night. Uh no. what I wanted to say was this one was was a, a game that I I struggled with um in my predictions video because clearly you know they were on Unreal Engine 4 when they demonstrated the the game awards um you know the tease and obviously since then things have changed they're they're transitioning over to unreal engine 5 and i did question you know what are they going to show us at at the event and i guess the answer to that is nothing because <laughs> literally 
the game is in a thousand pieces right now because they're trying to get it all working on on ue5 so i think maybe you know it was a bit of a misstep i, I agree with you i i do wish you know if if ninja theory was going to be at this event they should have showed something they didn't and i do agree that it was a misstep but you can also give them a pass for not having anything because like i said they're, they're kind of in the middle of of this development but having said that you know I, I feel like if ninja theory didn't have anything then they should have just kind of set this one out and then maybe you know fill that slot with maybe a third party or, or some someone else you know yeah that's kind of the big thing is that we saw hellblade eight months ago i don't think anyone was really saying oh we need a development update right now i think everyone was kind of saying i want to see a new trailer yeah i want to see some gameplay of that game and that's what we were looking for yeah this is a game a showcase right <laughs> not, yeah, not right. a not a development update <laughs> showcase a, yeah and just showing us the same trailer we already saw and i know they showed us iceland where they showed some of the scouting locations that they're using for the game show that location in real life as they did and then show me it rendered in the game show me how close you're getting to render these environments wow me with your visuals because i think that was another marketing misstep of microsoft here is that they didn't really demonstrate a game that showed me the power of the most powerful home console to come out in 2020 nothing was visually whoa look mm -hmm. at that look at that game utilizing the power of the xbox series x i mean maybe that was just me how do you guys feel about it yeah i mean forza motorsport aside i i would agree with you you know that it about was about the games about the games kind of not showcasing series x to the way that they wanted yeah right? yeah their strength yeah, yeah. Well, that's the problem because most of the games were either cgi or they were in game so you don't really get that sense of what something looks like especially how it plays and even mm -hmm. and i'm sure we'll talk about it when we when we talk about halo even halo's demonstration wasn't like graphically balls to the wall like blow you away <laughs> that you would think you know maybe next gen could be but it, it's kind of it's kind of tough to say because you watched the forza trailer and it was a great looking trailer yes but mm. you know it's like oh okay well could this really be on the xbox one x you know what i'm saying like you get people like thinking like well maybe this could be done on current gen and that's not really a true next gen or or, you know, Phil said Forza is an early pre-production or early production or whatever that means. And, like, what is is that really Xbox Series X footage or is it PC footage yeah. supposed to, to the specs of Xbox Series <laughs> X, you know? So I don't really think this show in general did a great job of selling you on Xbox Series X. <laughs> but, like, selling you on Xbox Series X isn't Microsoft's ultimate goal. As we talked in the pre-show... Right. Their ultimate goal, as you said, is to sell you on the Xbox ecosystem, namely uh, Game Pass, which I think they did beautifully. But this, oh, yeah. this, doesn't, this doesn't feel any different to me than, say, the 360 launch, where everything kind of looked like OG Xbox Ooh. games when it launched. Or, the, I mean, the Xbox One was was definitely a, a bit of a step up. You know, you had games like Rise and, and Forza um, uh, Dead Rising, but even those graphically were still you know you could you could almost get away with running those games on the 360 as well so i mean i'm i'm kind of this is kind of normal you know when, when this happens when you've got a new generation you're stepping into a new generation there's that one possibly two standout games that have obviously been targeted for next gen and they look amazing 
but most of them are going to look like current gen games and i think it goes back to development kits i mean how many of these studios have had access to the latest dev kits and they and they've probably had them for less than a year you know most of these studios have had dev kits for probably 12 months or less right or may, maybe maybe slightly longer than that but you see what i'm getting at i mean there's no way that these studios can can get a next gen game looking next gen with with what they have with the time they're given and i think you know we we have to just give give them a little bit more time to to get to grips with you know with the new hardware I mean, we do have to give them time to come to grips with the new hardware, but like, if I put this up right next to Sony show, Sony biggest demonstration of the benefits of SSD and the horsepower of the PlayStation 5 was demonstrated beautifully with Ratchet and Clank. Yes. Microsoft did not have a gameplay showcase that replicated that. They didn't show a game that showed us the benefits of SSD. They didn't show us a game that really utilized, you know, all those teraflops. And that's where it, that just seems to be a constant in Microsoft's marketing is that they can have amazing games to show us. They make a mistake in the minute details that help to convey the narrative that's then pushed by the viewer. Everyone walked away from the PlayStation 5 event saying, I now know what the benefit of SSD is because I saw it in motion with Ratchet and Clank. And I guess the only game that I could say I really saw that from Microsoft today was the medium mm -hmm. where it had the dual realities being rendered simultaneously in a split screen and still, you know, maintaining good visual fidelity, loading yeah. completely different worlds and sequences at the same time. But it wasn't enough. And I guess Halo should have been that demonstration. And I mean, honestly, it, just, it simply wasn't a demonstration of SSD because it didn't show us, you know, a huge scope of world. We did see a large area, but they needed to just show something where you were jumping through sequences on the fly. And maybe, you know, we saw them hit the start button to begin the demo and it basically started immediately. Maybe that was their intent to show you no load times. I never really thought about that, but I mean, that's a good point. It's possible that that's, that's what they were trying to convey there. But I was kind of just waiting to see some some gameplay, so I I didn't really give it too much thought. But you're right. I mean that that could be one of the things that they did to kind of show you that hey, we've got we've got you know super fast loading here. Yeah, you know, since we're on the topic of Halo, let's let's talk about Halo Infinite. All right, Rand, Let, let's hear it. <laughs> yes. you're, 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 Halo is your favorite game. So. Halo Halo's my favorite franchise. <laughs> um, I mean. I'm kind of two minds here. I when I watched it originally, I was I had goosebumps on my arm when that first trailer started playing. When they were they're building the Molnir armor, I'm like, oh my god, this is what I want. And then they started off the the demo. Like it seems like right after that initial trailer from last year, they crash land on the ring. You know, for whatever reason, I'm sure we'll find out when we play the game. And they get right into the action, and I'm like, this is what I've been waiting for for five years. Like I love the open world aesthetic. I, I love the kind of the addition of the grapple hook. The gameplay just looked like a lot of fun. Like I can envision myself having a lot of great firefights with the brutes and the elites, picking up different weapons and using them, using the different kind of gadgets, the things that they throw around. So like I'm completely sold on the gameplay. Where I was kind of taken a little bit of back watching it on the, the stream was that while the vistas look great, if you kind of like look for the imperfections, they're there uh, mm -hmm. all over the place. I'm sure, you know, people have seen the brute face on Twitter by now. It's a giant <laughs> meme. The textures in this 
game and immediately were noticeable when I was watching. I'm like, ah, some of this stuff doesn't really look good. The brute at the end, the leader of the banished, his kind of face and his uh, animations weren't that great. And I sit in here and be like, well, I'm enjoying the gameplay a lot, but it just doesn't really be like, hey, you need a Series X for this game. And then it comes out, hey, the game, it was running on PC. There was no ray tracing. And I was like, okay, how old is this build? Yeah. Because maybe that has, you know, if it's a little bit older, that'd be fine. And optimizations always come at the end. So it potentially could look better. But I mean, I love, I mean, I love Halo, right? And it seems like they're going in a direction I want, like a story focused on the chief with a big kind of open world ring, or at least kind of semi-open world to explore and I'm not getting too upset about like, oh, the graphics and how it's kind of become a meme at this point, because I'm sure things will get ironed out eventually. Um, but it did look like an Xbox One game at its core that, you know, yes. was built for Xbox One. And now they're, you know, enhancing for the Series X. I just can't wait to play the game. I, I hope we learn more about the multiplayer. I'm a huge multiplayer guy for Halo. So there's there's even that like we haven't even learned everything about Halo. We still have the multiplayer portion of it. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. I just you know I was expecting to be completely wild wild in every manner, and that wasn't the case. I think that it it showed well. I, I agree with you for the most part. I mean, it it wasn't a perfect demonstration by any means, but look it was this is this is a gameplay trailer and as far as a gameplay trailer i was more than satisfied with what i saw there were some graphical issues no question but you know people are assuming that this gameplay was filmed yesterday right we don't know when this build was made this build could have been done back in march things may have progressed a lot a lot of people are questioning well is this the final is this the way it's going to look when the game comes out i don't think so i mean i think there'll definitely be some more graphical enhancements and in fact if you go back and look at any game that has been showed you know during its development and then you compare it with the final build there's always going to be differences so i i don't expect that you know what we saw today is going to look like the final game i think it's going to look better and you know that's 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 a bonus for me because i really enjoyed the gameplay like Rand said i love the way that um chief was um you know going around the map and just destroying everything using the weapons using the grappling hook i mean it was mm-hmm. awesome i really got a i didn't get goosebumps but i i got a really cool halo one vibe from from what i saw and that got me very excited about the game and look it wasn't perfect, but I think it showed well. It was definitely the right move for Microsoft to open up with Halo. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was very impressed. You know, at the, at the end of the day, I thought it was it was a good showing. Yeah, it definitely feels like a Halo 1 reboot in a lot of ways. Visually, yeah, it's not the most ambitious game that we see. It does leave, you know, some to be desired. And part of that is the art style. I think artistically it's still a very pleasing game to the eye it's very it's clean just, isn't it yeah it's very clean it's just not graphically ambitious yeah. you think it's, some of that has to do with the demand for 60 frames yes i think I that's do. being factored in here for sure and as you touched on i think it is also because this is an xbox one game at its core it's being enhanced for xbox series x there's only so much you can do if you want to have this game out at launch and i mean as they said we're adding ray tracing in after launch with a patch that right there basically says we're rushing and scrapping to get this out at launch yeah we're not launching this in the state that we necessarily want it to be in but we know we need to get it out 
And yeah, if you get those patches out within a reasonable time manner, you know, no big deal. Ray tracing will maybe fix some of the lighting issues that we did see in it. But above all, the gameplay looks phenomenal. It looks a lot of fun. And this is the first time I can really say I am genuinely excited to play a Halo campaign mm -hmm. in a long time. And they showed a couple of different trailers for the game where they showed Master Chief using the grappling hook to connect to the ceiling of a pillar where he jumps down, I think, towards an elite and he brings out the plasma sword to attack. And that's really cool to do. Or we saw him grapple weapons to bring them over, grapple enemies and, you know, fly himself towards them so he could tackle them and kick them. There's a lot of gameplay variety there. It adds a sense of verticality now to stage design. And that's going to be something that can be really exciting to the possibilities of how you approach a scenario in the campaign. Mm -hmm. So I think from a gameplay front, Halo Infinite is hitting every note it has to. Visually, it's just, you know, visually, it's just up in the air. It's, it's supposed to be that next gen showcase mm -hmm. where people look at it and say, whoa, I can't wait to buy an Xbox Series X so I can look at those visuals. And the demonstration they had today just wasn't that. But we're months away from launch. This was a demo that could have been based on a build from February. Haran brought it's... up a good point about the 60 frames thing. Like, mm -hmm. the draw distance on the game is incredible, right? I mean, there's that yeah. one scene where he's kind of standing on top of the, you know, of, of one of the buildings and you look into the distance and everything and it's just got that insane draw distance. I mean, for that game to have that, that draw distance and and running at a lock 60 at 4k i mean that's 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 mm -hmm. impressive you know yeah well yeah you don't see a lot of open world games on consoles run at 60 so i'm sure they had to make uh some sacrifices especially since it's an xbox one game i also think a lot of the criticisms are not necessarily criticisms but peep there's like two camps right there's people that want halo to change yeah add yeah. sprint add all this stuff and then there's the purists right so in the purists see you get grapple hook they're like no no you know like or you know what i mean so like 343 is kind of stuck in that middle place of like well we need to make it modern but we got to please the old fans so like i, I it looks like they removed sprint mm -hmm. at least i didn't notice it in the trailer but they added the grapple hook right and it almost has the same problem as gears yeah. where like gears is at that point where like i think it needs a refresh Right, a lot of people are like, "Hey, I'm tired of gears. I want it to be something else." But then the hardcore fans are like, "No, Nasher must be most powerful all the time." Right? And they don't <laughs> want to. They don't want anything to change, and it, they're kind of like stuck in it. I don't really envy three four three like for the decisions they got to make about appeasing one group right. versus the other. But they're definitely out there, you know. And I mean, I think they've hit a nice balance though here because the gameplay resembles a lot of Halo Combat Evolves, and as I said in the pre-show they have finally evolved the combat the grapple hook is an evolution and i love how they showed a variety of weapons mm -hmm. during the gameplay where he was just switching to all these different guns to show you you know how you're going to use them or even how they it looks like they got rid of the spartan abilities and they made them tools that you're going to pick up instead so you like you had the shield like he picked up the shield yeah. he threw yeah. it out it's not just going to be oh it's on a recharge boom it didn't seem it, like it was on a recharge did it? No, it didn't seem. Oh, it, it seemed okay. like it was like an equipment that you picked up. So yeah. I do wonder, like, what type of other equipment are there? There's got to be more than just that, right? There has to be right. other types. And I think that's a good way for them to go with that, where it's equipment you pick up. So it's not always like, well, I know I can just go down here with the shield and I'll take all these guys out easily. Now it's kind of like, how should I approach this? How can I think about this scenario? 
And you kind of saw it in the gameplay demonstration where it was just, oh, here you come. I'm going to stick him with a grenade. I'm going to grapple this plasma crate over here, throw it at him. I'm going to shotgun the elite in the face. Now I'm going to grapple that enemy so I can go over there really quick, kick him in the face, and I'm going to just take on this. He Master Chief looked like a badass in mm-hmm. this. He was just like, oh, you guys are nothing. I'm the, You fear me. And it actually felt like they had reason to fear the Spartan. And that's a good direction for him. But you're right. 343 is kind of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario where the purists are going to be mad or, you know, modern gamers are going to be mad in some area. And right now it seems to be the brute's face, which is the equivalent of the Pokemon Sword and Shield tree. It's going to be a meme for months. It's going to be something everyone references of saying, look how bad this game is visually while ignoring all the beautiful vistas and other scenery just because, oh, this ugly creature looks stupid. Let's focus on that. And every game has that problem. Every yeah. game has some area that isn't visually appealing. But overall, I think Halo Infinite did what it had to do. Yeah. How do you, how do you both feel about the fact that after the show they basically said that this is the last Halo game for the foreseeable future and it's and it's going to be a platform essentially moving forward? I like it. I mean as long as it's like updated constantly, new maps yeah. for multiplayer, new modes, uh, the missions. Like the thing I think about with if you're gonna keep the story of Halo going, like okay, like the campaign has to be complete. Like there has to be a, a, a beginning, middle, and end. And yeah. I'm a tad bit worried by like them adding single player stuff because okay, is this chapter one of the campaign? And then eventually we're getting chapter two, and then eventually chapter three. That's the only kind of uh, issue I see with uh, you know a living platform game or games as a service, whatever want to call it. Like it works for multiplayer. Clearly, people love it because yes. they can keep on playing their games and they're always updated. I'm just kind of curious how it would work for the story. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they nail it with that. But um, whatever story content they do add, I just hope is is on par with how good you know the the ma- like whatever they ship with. Because most of the time add-on content that comes later is nowhere near as good as the original content i'm not sure how i feel about about um it being kind of the last game you know that that really i'll see how that plays out part of me feels a little sad you know when they said that Mm. honestly because it's like well (laughs) what what does that mean but i guess if we keep getting halo content um i think it's going to be okay but you know i'm kind of a i'm like rand i'm an old school gamer i just want to see you know halo infinite 2 halo infinite 3 i want sequels you know after this game so um it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out over the next you know four to five years i mean i guess they can still do that if we view it as they kind of put out the same saying halo infinite is the umbrella right so the next game is still going to be it could be halo infinite you know frozen born yeah i mean it's going to be its own campaign it's just going to fall under this single umbrella and they're just going to continue to release content right under this house and if you do it right it's a you know it's a fantastic idea if you do it right and that's that's the mystery are they going to do it proper justice or are they going to stumble somewhere along the way where you you know you get that new single player campaign and it feels underwhelming or it's just content lacking and then you're you know you just feel you know dissatisfied with the product and you know that's something we'll find out over time and it's really going to come down to how quick can they make a new campaign mm-hmm. for this game? Because this has taken years. Yeah. So what are we realistically looking at for the next campaign chapter here? Another two, three years? Right. Mm-hmm. 
I do wonder if like this will just be the Halo game for the Series X Gen. And then when eventually we move into whatever next next gen is going to look like in 2027, give or take, <laughs> maybe they would have a new Halo. Yeah. That would be a long time. I mean, you look at like a game like Rainbow Six Siege came out in 2015. It's five years old and they have no plans of replacing that game. Right. You know, they're going to update it for, for, I mean, it's a platform. So in my mind, I, I kind of almost view it in the same similar manner. Like they'll probably looking at rainbow six as like, okay, this is something we kind of need to like follow. Like they did it this way. Look at the people really seem to love it. That's the platform, you know, content all the time and things like that. But I'm just going to be, I, I'm just really curious about how that would work for the campaign. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about the multiplayer. Cause I think that'll be fine. Yeah. And campaigns, especially for these type of games, they're always, you know, there's always a gamble. You really don't know what you're going to get until you finally see it, but it makes sense for them to leverage game pass with this type of game and use it as a platform because they want to keep you engaged in that ecosystem for as long as they can. And they don't want to, I guess their interest isn't to sell you, you know, Halo Infinite 2. It's to sell you Halo Infinite and just have you keep investing into that new content or just keep you subscribed for as long as possible and just continue to give you that content to keep you around. And like like you said, it's a gamble. If it pays off, Microsoft changes the industry. If it doesn't work out, they have a big problem on their hands. But I mean, that's... We're not going to see, you know, the fruits of that labor for a long time. Whether or not it shrivels on the vine, we'll find out soon enough. But Halo Infinite is an ambitious project, I would say. It's it's doing what it has to, and now it's just a question of will it was it enough to bring in new fans to the Xbox ecosystem, or do you think it kind of just sold it to already, you know, the Xbox faithful? I think it sold it to the Xbox faithful. I think the multiplayer has a chance to expand uh, and bring people in, especially my prediction comes true that they're, that they make the Halo multiplayer free to play. So there's no barriers to play Halo multiplayer anywhere. You can play it on console for free or you can play it on PC and Steam for free. And, you know, that could be the way they get people maybe interested in the Halo universe you know um that's kind of the way i'm thinking about that yeah i think i think that was another tone of the show overall it just i don't think it sold anybody on the xbox it like we said it's a great showcase for game pass but i don't know if it was enough to really convince people to who haven't already invested into the xbox ecosystem to invest in the xbox ecosystem and that's something microsoft does have to work on because you have to cater to new players and kind of the software they showed today was it's just what we expect to see from Microsoft and Xbox. It lacked that huge surprise element. And I guess the surprise for them was supposed to be Fable from Playground. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for me, I'm glad Fable's back, but that was not the way to do it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I really loved the fact that it closed out the show i just wish there was more like i really wanted to see more than what they showed like after you know you saw the the uh the city of albion in the distance kind of pan up i was like okay here we go now it's now it's gameplay time right and then we didn't we didn't get anything so 
Um, a little, little disappointing that we didn't see more of Fable, but I am glad that it's it's back officially. It's back, and I am very pleased that um, you know there's a good studio behind it um, making that game because I think it's in good hands. But again, probably not something we're going to see for, for maybe two years. Yeah, I'm just happy it's announced at this point. It's been rumored for so long. Right? It's like I'm just happy it's finally here. We know it's we know it's official. Uh, yeah, it's probably 2022 or, or some point past that. Um, you know, just judging quick, some of the things you can take away from the trailer, it's like it's going to be heavily based in like fantasy and magic, which is great, and it's going to have some semblance of that British humor. Uh, I like the thing with the frog eating the uh, fairy. Be like, hey, you know, not all stories end, you know, happily or whatever. Uh, so <laughs> it's just, it kind of is the same thing with Avowed and some of the other games. It's like we don't know when they're coming out, yeah. and we didn't see the gameplay for it. So it's, it's like, I, w- I want to get excited for it, but I really can't. It's like at least I know they're coming. At least yeah. now it's like, okay, I, I got games I can grab. Like I know, I know Fable's coming. I know Avowed's coming. I know these games are coming. That's great because in the last couple of years it's kind of been like, hmm, I don't know what's coming. <laughs> so it's been, you know. So it, now it's just not a matter of waiting. Yeah, we got I got Halo, which is going to tide me over, and we got a whole bunch of third party stuff and some great looking indie games. You know, the PlayStation Five is going to have some really cool software. So like, as someone mm-hmm. who's getting both platforms, I'm going to have a ton of games to play. Um, but obviously yeah. Xbox is my primary thing. And I think, you know, I kind of put myself in a position of like, how did I feel today watching this reveal show versus how I felt in 2013 when I watched that reveal show? And Ooh. we're talking about two different <laughs> spectrums here. Ooh. You know what I mean? Because yes. you, you get on, you get online and, you know, some people are like, this is the worst thing ever. And it's like, I understand. Like, I'm, I'm fine with everybody's opinions. Like, you can love the show. You can think it was not very good. You could hate the show. That's all good. We all have different opinions about you know how we thought the show was but nobody's gonna tell me that this show was worse than the 2013 one okay definitely not <laughs> definitely not and look i i kind of made some notes before we 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 started talking uh this evening but ps5 at launch at launch right we'll have uh-huh. we'll have miles morales and we'll have astro's playroom the series x uh-huh. xbox series x We'll have Halo Infinite, The Medium, and Tetris Effect. Which one sounds better at launch to you? Because for me, um, at launch, the Series X sounds like the better system. I want to add a game to the PlayStation 5. Because I do think this game is launching, or it's going to be within the launch window. If you say and Silent I, Hill... No. no. I'm not going to say Silent Hill. He's going to say Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet, yes, Ratchet and Clank. Ooh, now, see, I believe Ratchet and Clank is a launch window, so now you add that to the mix. Yeah, I and mean... It changes the conversation. It, I mean, it absolutely does, Nate, but I do you think they're kind of holding Ratchet and Clank, um, the, the date, until they kind of open pre-orders up for the PS5? Yes yes i think they're doing that intentionally because i mean just like sony's show sony didn't date anything mm-hmm. at their event they didn't give windows for anything so if they have outside of miles morales they threw on holiday 2020 on that one right but microsoft and didn't really date anything either now we're not Correct. we're not assuming that everything's going to come out like at launch or there's there's stuff coming out you know at launch but it seemed like Microsoft didn't really give us any indication of this stuff either. So, you yes. know, I, I think yeah. they're, they're kind of playing playing their cards to their chest still. 
you know yeah they're definitely holding the cards close to their chest and like the ps5 launch if it is and when i say launch i mean like the first three months yeah if it is ratchet and clank miles morales and um astrobots playroom which comes with the system versus halo infinite the medium and tetris effect connected I mean, in a way, I'd say they're almost equal. Halo is still a huge brand. Halo is Xbox. Halo Infinite looks fantastic gameplay-wise, not visually. Ratchet and Clank looks beautiful visually. It shows the benefits of the SSD. It's showing you what those systems are capable of. The other games, like the medium, I think looks fantastic. Oh, it's yeah. a game I cannot wait to oh, play. Yeah. And the problem with the medium is that it's just not this triple a megaton release it's a quality release which is what you want you know around launch you just you want that secondary game to play after you get the must-have game so for the xbox halo is the must-have and the medium is your companion and tetris is for your fun multiplayer sessions when you're not playing halo online mm-hmm. i think I almost still feel like Sony is a little better position because Ratchet and Clank is going to be that fun single player campaign. Spider-Man is again, another single player experience. Astro bots playroom is going to be more of like the family affair. But when you can have these two core single player self-contained experiences, you know, probably only spanning between 12 to 15, maybe 18 to 20 hours, that feels like you know you got this quality product you played it you enjoyed it you probably restarted halo's going to be more vast it's going to you're going to play with people with co-op and stuff like that and it's really tough for a one-to-one comparison but i think i might give the edge to sony at launch what about what about the i would i would i would imagine demon souls has to be a launch title at this point that game's been rumored it forever it i i the rumor is that it will be within at least the launch window so it could launch before the end of this year and I mean that gives Microsoft, I gives Sony even more of an advantage. I think Sony also, I think they realized that they didn't have a lot of first party because why else would they go buy two of Bethesda's games, uh, Deathloop True. and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo? Yeah. And I think Deathloop oh, yeah. is launching this holiday too. I mean, it's just going to come down to preference. What do you What do you like? You know, are you in right. the PlayStation ecosystem? Uh, then this show probably didn't do anything for you to switch. Now you maybe would buy some games here and there on PC when Avowed comes out or Fable, but you're mm-hmm. still going to get a PlayStation 5 to play those games, right? Yes. And, yeah. you know, if you're heavily into the Xbox ecosystem and PlayStation comes out and it's like, it's just, you know, Destruction All-Stars and, you know, Ratchet and Clank 10 or whatever <laughs> Ratchet and Clank it is. So you think, you think Ratchet is coming with with the um the ps5 launch i think ratchet is a launch game and i think demon souls will be in that launch window and if ratchet is a launch game that is that is up there with some of the the killer app launch titles to ever grace video games we're talking mario 64 (laughs) levels of hype if, if ratchet is a launch game wow that, that's some high praise my Mario 64 revolutionized gaming and I guess in a way Ratchet and Clank is kind of going to do that with the SSD demonstration of just that simultaneous loading into new areas and stuff yeah and I think I think that's why I would give Sony the edge here and Microsoft's problem is like yeah you listed off great games but the problem is is that we still say the must-have game for Microsoft is Halo Infinite yeah I can play that right now 
or I could play that later this year on my Xbox One VCR. Yes, that's right. I don't need I don't need to upgrade. Whereas Sony is positioning their hardware later this year with Ratchet and Clank, Demon Souls, games you cannot play anywhere else, and the only Xbox Series X launch game that's only on the Xbox Series X, I think, is the medium. Right. Yeah. Well, and, that's just the differences in business philosophies. Right. Like Sony wants you to buy the PS5, and Microsoft is clearly like, that game pass. Just, we yeah. just want you to play. Like It doesn't really matter where you do it. Yeah, you know? Microsoft is all about that Game Pass, and they, they don't care where you play in their ecosystem as long as you're part of the ecosystem. And it's that's going to be a tough narrative for the gaming community to grasp because we humans just by nature use numbers you want to look at which one sold best nobody wants to look at subscription numbers to say well this console may have sold less but their company has more subscribers to a service and that means they might actually be in a better case that like they're actually achieving their goal because the console wars are all about xbox versus sony versus nintendo hardware sales microsoft is basically saying hardware sales are a second priority to us we're about subscriptions mm-hmm. and i mean that's really that's going to be the narrative for next gen and i don't think that's a narrative that the gaming community is going to accept at least not willingly because it disrupts the conversation yeah i've i've had yeah. my struggles with this as well but i mean the way that i kind of see this is you know i think um you know randy you brought up a really good point earlier that you know Xbox isn't going to make games like God of War and The Last of Us Part Two. I mean, that's just not that's not really something that they do anymore. But if you want, if you want that kind of multiplayer sandboxy style game, you know, with with the kind of live service engagement over time, where they keep adding new content, it's kind of like what we saw, you know, with with Halo Infinite. Then Xbox is what, where you want to be, you know. And if you want, if you want to run games the best, technically then the Series X is, is what you want. So I, I think there's definitely room for, for both both parties. There is room for both parties. I just want to see Microsoft show me why their hardware is so superior to the PlayStation 5. Yeah. And I was hoping to see that today. Like I thought we were going to see it back in May where they were like, hey, we're going to show you next-gen gameplay. And we didn't see a lot of anything. We saw the medium. And that was the highlight of the show way back in May. It still looks great today, but obviously, I mean, it's, it's a first-gen Xbox Series X game, so it's not using you know the full power. They're still learning the hardware. It visually still looks good. I need to see a game that really pushes what the Xbox Series X can do. I want to see something that differentiates it from the Xbox One X. Right, and that's the problem. Is I don't think anything we saw today did it clearly of basically showing us something that the Xbox One X cannot do from a visual standpoint. Do you think they're maybe going to demonstrate some of that feature set in the kind of room in August event where they finally show us the hardware side of the house, um, unveil the Lockhart and open up pre-orders and discuss pricing? I think they have to. They have to at this point. They have to come out and show us why SSD is so important to game design and how they're going to use it. Whether it's through Halo and them just taking the Warthog or the Banshee and just flying or driving across this vast landscape and you see no Mm pop-in. Everything just flows organically. 
and that that could have been something they could have done today and they just you know they opted not to and you do something like that and it helps you sell your hardware visually i don't know if they going to have a game that can really just push that you know graphical fidelity that i want to see from them that says okay this thing's leaps and bounds above the playstation 5 forza motorsport could be the game the in-engine footage we saw was breathtaking but it's in-engine that's usually what we see in replay mode it's not what we see when we're actually racing had they showed me the car on a track in you know in the cockpit Mm -hmm maybe I would have been able to walk away from that a little more saying, okay, now I can see what the system's all about. And I've watched the trailers in 4K, 60, you know, on my TV and such. And yeah, they look fantastic. It's just nothing was there that made me say, I have to invest in next gen right away. And I'm still on the Xbox One VCR. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, like I'm going to. I'm going to buy an Xbox Series X day one. I I want to upgrade. I want to play these games in the best way I can. But for the mass consumer or to the person who owns an Xbox One X, mm-hmm. I don't think they did enough to show you that this is that next generation leap. And I mean, maybe that still comes down to the philosophy we talked about. They're fine if you still play on this, you know, this legacy hardware. As long as you're playing in their ecosystem they're fine with it eventually you will upgrade and maybe they're just kind of banking on that like yeah we know you're eventually going to buy an xbox series x we just don't care when you do it just continue to buy our games continue to subscribe to game pass and we're okay yeah i think there's a lot to look forward to i mean obviously there's you know there's there's a bit to go with with some of these games but you know Rand kind of mentioned you know in the past you didn't really have much to to kind of you know to, to look forward to you know there was maybe uh, gears 5 or something and a state of decay game but you didn't really have much else i mean we've got you know we've literally got you know 12 14 15 titles here i'm looking at this list of games that are coming out on this series x and that's all first party games and that's quite quite exciting you know for the first time in a long time you know we're starting to see the fruits of the acquisitions that they've, they've made over over the years and and i think look is this a perfect launch pad into the series x no but no launches is ever perfect i mean god forbid you know the xbox one was was a horrible launch this is going to be a lot smoother i think and and there's definitely a lot lot to look forward to going into next generation so yeah i mean you know not perfect by any means but not a disaster you know by any means as well yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree. Uh, you know, 2020 ha- hasn't been the best year either, and I'm sure that has a lot of impact on the games that are going to be available for launch and how they looked. And we didn't even talk about State of K3, uh, how that game looked. You know, the jump in visual <laughs> quality from State of the K2. Now, it's probably not going to look like that. And they did say that was in pre-early pre-early pre-production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but if, they, if that's the level of, of improvement, that you can expect from state of decay 2 to state of decay 3 and then you don't really have to worry about like whatever about games you know because there was that worry that like oh state of decay 3 is going to be like state of decay 2 or you know which is basically state of decay 1.5 but if the <laughs> microsoft's really going to pump the money up and you're really going to get some games that look great that are built for the series x first as we mentioned like it seems like halo infinite is really just an xbox one game then I'm just I'm gonna be in heaven because I'm gonna have all these games coming eventually that are probably gonna be really good 
And it's just the point now is like, it's just a waiting game. It's like, all right, these games got to get made. Now it's Halo Infinite for now, but you know, eventually it'll be, it'll be Fable. It'll be maybe Perfect Dark. You know, it'll be whatever Compulsion's making Avowed, you know, like Ninja Theory, which was the biggest disappointment of this entire show. We haven't even mentioned it was the fact that Hellblade 2 was there, but it wasn't there because they didn't show anything new. They lost a point from me for that, honestly. I gave it an eight. It would have been a nine if they showed off something from Hellblade, but I was so disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, do you have any concern with, I guess, Microsoft's future? Because I'd say the event showed us everything in Microsoft's pocket. They took out their deck of cards and they said, this is what Xbox Game Studios are up to. This is what the studios we acquired. This is what we are making. And we're not dating any of these. But they're coming in the future. Trust us. Some might be 2022. Some might be 2023. And it's kind of like you guys laid out your game plan for potentially the next two to three years. And that's risky because that means we're going to get updates on a lot of these games moving forward at E3s and Gamescoms and XO. And when you see a game, you know, three times in a row at E3, you kind of get fatigued and you just start to say, okay, bring the game out. Yeah. And I mean, Microsoft chose to roll that dice here. They wanted to show you what they have. They wanted to show promise of the future. And it's not a new tactic. Sony has done it a lot in the past. They show you a logo of a game. And then five years later, the game finally launches. I mean, Ghost of Tsushima was announced in 2017. Took three years to launch. So every company does this. It's just kind of like, okay, we saw Fable. Now we're probably going to see Fable again next year. And we'll probably see Fable again in 2022. And then it may launch in late 2022, hopefully. But that means we're going to see the game another two times before it comes out. And that's a lot of exposure, especially if it's just trailer, trailer, mm-hmm. gameplay demonstration, launch. It feels like I understand why they came out and announced everything that they have in their, you know, in their pocket. Where Sony, Sony announced a lot too. But Sony said, we pulled stuff. We're still sitting on things for our August show and you we as we mentioned coalition the initiative that's really the only two companies right now that haven't shown anything for the xbox series x and that means microsoft doesn't have much left in their you know in their pocket well unless they've got some third-party um timed exclusives up their sleeves right i mean they they may have more for us that we're not we're not privy to at this time true and I mean, hopefully they do. Microsoft, they're definitely more aggressive than they were during the Xbox One. Xbox yeah. One, they felt like they were content doing very little. They didn't come out with really any... They had a few good exclusives, like some, but it felt like they were always building towards something. And I think people thought they were building towards today. Right. And instead, we saw an unfinished product. Like someone yesterday was, was telling me, what if they and this is complete fanboying but what if what if they got persona 5 right i mean can you imagine how how that would make sony people feel that would be that would be a a pretty good uh a pretty good flex there if they got that i mean they did get dragon quest 11 yes they did and that's that's big dragon quest hasn't been on the xbox brand and they now have a lot of support from square enix they have kingdom hearts the final fantasy games 
and now Dragon Quest. And from Sega, they have a massive expansion to Fantasy Star Online 2. Yeah. And we didn't really touch on that because, I mean, I think it's it's a really cool get for them. It looks like a fantastic game. But, I mean, if we're honest, it's it's niche. It's that was... Fantasy Star Online. It has its legions of fans, but it's Fantasy Star Online 2. There was that... Uh... Fantasy Star Online 2, the Grounded, the Outer Worlds DLC, the um, the Tell Me Why stuff, I all kind of would... There was that, like, segment, right, where the, after they showed, um, I think it was, like, Everwild or maybe it was Forza, where it was like, okay, here's Tell Me Why, here's the Outer Worlds DLC, here's the patch for Ori 2, here's, you know, Grounded or whatever, and I was just like, it all could have not been in the show. Yeah. Like, it all... Like, it all could have been pre-show, could have been post-show. Same thing with Fantasy Star. It's like, isn't Fantasy Star Online 2 like a 10-year-old game at this point? <laughs> uh, like, I just feel like we could have used that for something different. Maybe they needed the games there to, you know, fill up some time. But I definitely feel like, well, I love Ori 2. Like, it's one of my favorite games of this year. Like, did it really need to be in the show to showcase that we got 120 frames? I guess that's maybe their hey, this is why you need Series X for 120 frame rate? I, I mean, that's the only thing I can really think of. It's not like Ori 2 sold 20 million copies or something. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. It, I mean, you bring up a good point. And it was kind of... I didn't think Microsoft was going to leverage the show to demonstrate games that are already on the Xbox One and say, well, when we bring them to Xbox Series X and we give you that enhanced patch, here's what you're going to get from them. Because it's kind of like, well, I'm already have an xbox one you know i have ori 2 or i have game pass for some of these games are already on it so i just naturally i know it's going to be backwards compatible i don't think you need to dedicate a lot of time to those type of releases like we've seen gears of war 5 they talked about it of how they're going to you know new lighting ray tracing better textures better frame rate and all this other stuff don't make that a focus of a, a software showcase just kind of drop that in a press release on a random day or throw it on Twitter and just, you know, give us a video explanation really quick of it there. Because when you put it in a showcase like this, the first thought in my mind is kind of like, you that's filler. You're showing DLC to the outer worlds. That feels like filler content. Well, this was it's, one hour on the dot, this this show. So, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I feel like it, they, had to, they had to pat it out with some yeah, stuff. Yeah, they had to find some fluff. Yeah. And that's what it was. I mean, like, that's cool. Ori and Will of the Wisp at 120 frames a second. Awesome, because the game struggled on the Xbox One X to maintain frame rate before they got a couple of patches on it. But I don't think this was the place for it. I agree with Rand there 100%. Mm-hmm. That could have been something that you saved closer to, like, launch of the actual system or when that patch for the game is ready. You just kind of announce it saying, hey, Ori 2, 120 frames a second, available tomorrow. Well, they did kind of do that after the show. The Xbox Wire announced that Forza Horizon 4 is getting a 4K60 patch. Gears is. Um, sea of Thieves is. They announced a whole bunch of first-party games that are getting updated for Series X. They weren't in the presentation, but Ori 2 was. I'm kind yeah. of thinking, like, you could have just ha- said that in the pre- in the Xbox Wire article and mm-hmm. not had Ori 2 in the show at all. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it, it definitely felt out of place, and it was just unnecessary for it to be there. Because if you've... If you wanted to play Ori 2, you've played it by now. Or maybe you said, I'm going to wait 
until you know maybe i get an xbox one x or i was just waiting for patches to improve the performance but the base for the game is established already nobody was sitting on the fence saying well i'm gonna wait to see how it is on the xbox series x maybe they'll patch it to 120 frames and then i'll buy it that wasn't happening so that announcement just felt empty Mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't do anything it didn't convey any you know sense of i have to buy the system for that it was just hey we're going to make your old games better like we know you talked about this numerous times we want to see new games that take advantage of everything you keep touting about your hardware and you didn't because you wanted to show us the outer worlds (laughs) yeah it's I mean, Rand and I have kind of talked about this before, but it seems like every time Microsoft has an event, their marketing just makes a couple of small mistakes. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to demonstrate the games to the public watching, whereas Sony knows how to get you excited about the games they have coming to their hardware. Microsoft either makes a mistake in pacing, or they make a mistake in how they showed it, or they don't show you enough gameplay or they don't show you gameplay sequences that you know are the best demonstrations of the game itself yeah. and that seems and to be a repeated failure of microsoft since the xbox one at least at least they use really good cameras <laughs> they learned true. their feedback from the uh from the may event because yeah. man they everybody was looking good so that's true uh, and I, I like the pacing and i like the presentation of it i like kind of like hey here's a map we're gonna you know go in there here's here's obsidian and you know, here's a studio ad talking really quickly about. I like that sort of thing, um, yeah. but but it's kind of hard to really showcase your game when you know everybody's working from home and the games that you're working on are two years away, three years away at this point. Um, you know, but I, I I just kind of look at this like like you said, this is Xbox giving you essentially a roadmap for what they're doing, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. Like I have games here yep. that I'm really excited to play, and while sure maybe didn't necessarily like sell me on the Series X, like oh look at this amazing graphics, like I didn't <laughs> really need to be sold on Series X. Like I'm a hardcore gamer, I'm gonna get the Series X and PS5 regardless. Um, I'm just excited about Xbox. I know that's kind of like a, a bad thing on the internet, you know, because uh, <laughs> Xbox can't do good, but. I mean, there's a lot here I really liked. I mean, there's a lot here. I mean, the show, here's the thing. Show's an 8 out of 10, right? And yeah. I thought it was pretty good, but it could have been better. There's things that they, they obviously need could improve or need to improve. Um, but I think the foundation is here. Like, if you ask me, like, did I how confident I felt about Xbox in 2013, I'd be like, zero. Like, I'm about to jump off the boat. Like, they yeah. got nothing. <laughs> but now it's like, no, I, I, I'm more confident than ever. And sure, people may not like the show, and that's your that's your right to. But, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I see all the pieces coming together, you know? So I'm I'm still excited. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Rand. This is, you know, it's been tough for them. They've had, they've had a lot of struggles over the last couple of years. But, again, you know, we're starting to see the fruits of the acquisitions of the first-party studios. And that's going to continue. I mean, this is a a good launching pad for them to really you know take it take it to the next level as far as where they used to be and i'm excited to see it uh look for me i'm i love xbox i mean the og xbox is is one of my favorite systems of all time i've I've been a fan since day one love the 360 the xbox one well i mean that was a bit of a bit of a misfire but you know i still i still played some of the games on that system as well 
So yeah, I mean, for me, I, I want to see Xbox succeed again. And I think they have enough here where they can really get back to that to that you know position that they, they used to be in. I'm excited for the future. I think it's it's going to go well for them. It's not mm-hmm. perfect, but, you know, no launch is, man. I mean, w- you know, if you look at the Xbox One, the 360, the PS3, the PS4, the PS, you know, even the PS5, what we've seen so far, none of them have, have been absolute, you know, 10 out of 10, you know, showings. There's, there's always been something there that you, that's, that makes you think, wow, that's that's a little weird. And I think this is something, you know, along those lines. I I think that the system is, is good. The, the the games that they have are is a good solid base. And mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where, where it goes from here. You mentioned weird, and I want to bring this up really quickly. And I don't know if Nate had it in his notes or whatever, but Destiny 2? Is anybody expecting Destiny 2 to show up at this thing? No, that was that was another one of the moments where I was kind of like, Huh? Why are you here? I mean, it's it's a great thing. Like, oh, and like Destiny Two in Game Pass, right? It's free to play. Yep. So, but but all the expansions are in Game Pass and the new one. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking, like, hmm, Microsoft yeah. and Bungie sir seem to be getting a little cozy, a little, yeah. a little bit. That was definitely a lot of love there between those two companies. I wonder if they're trying to rekindle something. I'm yeah. Like, hey. I, just, I just thought it was really weird. It was kind of like what? Like, yeah, what's, was, what's going on here? Especially at this event where it's just like, hey, Destiny 2, like, why are you here? Yeah. Why were you invited to this party? (laughs) I mean, those types of announcements don't surprise me anymore. You know, with with those, you know, exclusive deals or those Game Pass deals or, or whatever... You know, Phil's really good at at picking those things up. And again, you know, I think I think what what the plan will be from now is you're right nate i mean i think they've showed pretty much their entire hand here other than the coalition and the initiative which you know we're going to see more of this year but this is it for them for a while so i think how they complement this is with some interesting third party stuff and i think if they pick up a couple of exclusive third party or timed exclusive third party deals which you know you know they will they're going to throw some bags around and see what they can get you know, that's 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 all of a sudden now that that's looking like a pretty compelling system to to want to get. You know, and we we did forget one of the launch games they do have, which is as far as next gen, it's exclusive to the Xbox Series X for a little while, and it's Yakuza, mm-hmm. like a dragon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. And, which also I mean, leaked the release date of the system. <laughs> potentially, potentially, potentially. November third, yeah, November thirteenth, and then for the pre-order, and then uh, the article from three months ago where they literally said it was a launch game day one the system <laughs> yeah like that game that's another good get from them that probably should have been on display today just to kind of drive home that point and i mean i've probably out of the three of us i probably sound the most down on xbox and i'm not i'm very excited about the xbox series x this is a platform i want to see succeed because i want microsoft to do well and i'm excited about their hardware and if i sound down on them or i sound like I'm being too harsh on them. I'm only harsh on them because I want them to do better. Mm-hmm. I want to see their marketing come out aggressive with strong gameplay demonstrations, even stronger than what we saw from Halo Infinite, which was a excellent gameplay demonstration where they drive home the point of we are the most powerful hardware. We have an SSD. We can change the way you play and experience video games. I want to see Microsoft take that lead because that's what we see Sony do time and time again, where they can convince us 
of even if a game is average, their marketing will make it look spectacular. Mm -hmm. And Microsoft just, they don't hit that note. And I know they can, because the Xbox Series X, when they debuted it at the Game Awards, the Hellblade 2 introduction was masterful. It was exciting. It was, whoa, that's next gen. And since then, if just Microsoft doesn't have that momentum or that energy behind it, and I know they can get it back. I want to see Microsoft do it. And like I said, Halo Infinite looks amazing. The gameplay looks so fun. The medium looks fantastic. I can't wait to play it. Like, There are more things on the Xbox Series X right now that have my interest than the PlayStation 5. But the caveat being, I'm looking at games that are potentially three years down the road for the Xbox Series X because Microsoft detailed their roadmap of everything they have internally. And A, it's a risk. It might work for them. It might sell units right now. But I know I'm going to be you know, buying Fable. I know I'm going to play Everwild. I know I'm going to play Avowed. Crossfire X campaign from Remedy will definitely have my interest. Forza, mm-hmm. you know, Hellblade 2, Stalker 2, Tell Me Why, Tetris Effect Connected. Those are all games I'm going to be playing on the Xbox Series X, and I can't wait to do them whenever they happen. I just want to see Microsoft smarten up when it comes to their marketing and really fight Sony hard. Yeah. Because Sony doesn't feel like they have competition. They're just going to walk all over everything again and they're going to control the next-gen narrative. And Microsoft is making the right moves in many areas. They're taking risks in some, but they have a good foundation built. Now it's time to build up from it and go back to where they you know, shine. And that's with publishing quality software. We're probably, you know, we are. We're three to four years too early to see the fruits of all this labor. But when we see them, they'll be a completely different Microsoft than what we see today. And we're already seeing a different Microsoft today than what we saw on the Don Matrix with the Xbox One. Oh, yep. yeah. No doubt. Like, Phil Spencer is taking this into, you know, a potentially risky scenario, but it has a huge payoff if it works. I'm excited to see what they can do with it. And I mean, I've said a lot over this year that the Xbox Series X is going to surprise people. I still think it will. 343, I said, have faith in them. And I think they delivered on that. They showed a really promising Halo. And I mean, I'm excited to see what Microsoft does for the rest of the year leading up to the Xbox Series X launch. And, you know, let let next gen begin. I'm ready for next gen to arrive and for us to play some really cool games over the next few years. I just miss A3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all. I think we all miss E3. We all miss Gunk too. Yeah, Gunk. Oh yeah, gunk. gunk. As well as uh, Warhammer Left for Dead or Warhammer Dark Tide or whatever it's called. I thought that was uh, Dead Rising for a second. <laughs> I was like, "What is this game?" And then I saw like the eagle on the on the the gun is, and there's Inquisitor. I'm like, "Oh, this is Warhammer." It's not Warhammer like you would know. It's like four player co op Left for Dead Warhammer. Yeah. Still, it was just regular, just CGI in in game yep. thing, like no gameplay. So I was like, I know Gunk kind of look cool. I know it's like a small indie title, but yeah, I like I like Gunk's visual style. I like the I like what it was showing there. It looks like it could be a lot of fun with the environments, and but then finally an enemy showed up on screen, and we didn't see combat. And they did say after the show that game, they did say after the show that that game is full forever exclusive to Xbox as well. 
that gunk. Really? Obviously, wow. some of them, like the medium, is a timed exclusive, and uh, yep. some of those other ones, uh, you can tell just from the way the PR answered their questions. But <laughs> the people behind Gunk were like, "No, this is this is only ever going to be on Xbox." So nice. That looks like a fun little title. That's a good get for them to have there because that studio made the Steam World Dig games, and those are a mm-hmm. lot of fun, and they're on all platforms. But Gunk, Gunk could be that little, uh, you know, under the radar gem that we play and be like, hey, this game was actually awesome. So, you know, Microsoft did show a lot of software variety today. I definitely will give them that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, let's see what they bring us on launch day aside from Halo Infinite and the medium. And let's hope, let's hope they hit that stride and keep signing deals and bringing us awesome, exciting new games. Maybe another studio acquisition in the next couple of months be it WB or somebody else and yeah. you know continue to build that arsenal. Do you and think just... we see initiatives game this year? Do you think they Yeah. Yeah. You think we see it in August alongside like this is Lockhart, <laughs> here's the price or, or do, like how do you think um, that's all going to play out? I think it's a I... game awards thing or a, a, a Gamescom or an XO type mm. thing. I don't think it's um part of the um, August plans. Mm. I think it depends on how Sony approaches their next state of play. If Sony comes out at their state of play with, let's say, half a dozen unannounced PS5 exclusives, like Silent Hill, I think then Microsoft has to kind of sit there and say, okay, we have to be a little more aggressive. And now we kind of have to show our last ace up our sleeve, which would be the initiatives game. And then you come out with it in August. If Sony doesn't come out super aggressive in August, I think Microsoft can wait until closer to launch and then say, oh yeah, here's a sneak peek at a game coming in 2022 and you just see the perfect dark logo come down (laughs) with that nice little sound effect and you see like Joanna just walk on screen and just introduces herself and it cuts to black. And that would honestly be enough just for people to be like, yo, perfect dark is back. Yeah. And then that would, then that's it. And you know, maybe you show a little more uh, Fable this year. I think that would help. Coalition. I have no idea where we see the Coalition. Probably not until next year because they just finished Gears Five. You know, somewhat recently. I can't imagine they're underway with anything. You know, too deep into development at this point. So they can they can afford to wait. If the next game's Gears of War Six. I don't think you have to rush that anytime soon. You can wait until pretty much the year it comes out if you really have to. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how Microsoft plays their game of chess with Sony going into the PlayStation 5 versus Xbox Series X. It should be interesting because I mean, Microsoft is playing a slightly different game than them and they're all after the same thing though, our time and money. Absolutely. <laughs> So that will conclude today's episode of Nate the Hate. You can find Rand's Twitter in the description below as well as his YouTube account. And you can find MVG's YouTube channel and Twitter account in the description below. I would like to thank Rand Althor for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. I'm glad I could actually be here through the entire episode. It's great talking (laughs) Xbox with you guys. Oh, it's always great to have you here with us to talk Xbox. And I'd like to thank MVG for joining me as well. Thanks for having me on, Nate. And solid eight out of ten for the show microsoft uh, can walk away and, and and go to bed tonight feeling pretty good about how things went down 
Yeah, I'd probably rate them a little lower. I think I'd give them a 7.5. But yeah, they should feel good about what they had on display today. And they should look forward to August and giving us those Lockhart details because we know they're going to have the price advantage over the PlayStation 5. And we'll find, hopefully we find that out in the next few weeks. But that would be a topic for a different day. So until next time, continue to embrace the hate. <laughs>